time for a little hockey talkie. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Marner holding, still with it, got the shot away. Tavares trying to jam it in. Puck goes free, Nylander again with it. Great pressure, but no result. Here's Marner, a shot, off a leg. It comes to Matthews. Matthews is gonna go to the top of the circle. To Willie, a one-timer, he scores! Holy Mackinac! We, Willie Nylander, wins the game! Sing it, Bonesy. Joe Bowen on the call there of the Leafs. 2-1 overtime win over the Lightning. Gord, after the first period, we had so much to talk about, and really it was just the five-on-three that didn't work out. And what, lo and behold, the power play coming through. I, I know they were back to kind of even strength by the time the goal managed to, to come across, but they, they take advantage of the four-on-three and three-on-three overtime. And, and man, you have, uh, you have that four forwards that talented on the ice. You, you better do something. What an exciting game. What an absolute exciting finish to the game. Uh, good on the Toronto Maple Leafs for responding against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. I thought Sheldon Keefe, when he said, hey, Carolina Hurricanes, they're out of our league. And uh, and he, he chooses his words carefully, but he meant it. If you're going to play this way, they're out of our league. And they should you shouldn't be out of your league. So tonight I thought they really responded. And before as the seconds ticked down, Brent, I thought of Game 7 last year. That was the most tidy one nothing win yep. that, that Tampa Bay had over the New York Islanders. Remember that game? And, I do. And it was like they were up 10 nothing. <laughs> like it was just an eerie <laughs> calm, right? Yep. And they had And they won it one nothing. They won the series. And this one, even though the Leafs were getting more chances than, say, the Islanders did in that Game 7, you had that, geez, Vasilevsky's going to stop everything. Leafs aren't helping themselves by not shooting. Uh, Campbell made some big saves at the end. And then, boy... Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, the power play opportunity going with all four forwards, the big four, no defensemen, and they, they took it the whole way. And they, they were about, what, just a few seconds left in it, and finally that pass, and, and he just wired it. There, there was a lot of nice plays there setting it up, and William Nylander wiring. This crowd was pumped. This, this, this is their biggest win of the season. This is a bit of a statement just about, hey, hey we're back in the Atlantic division, okay? Uh, we're we're, we're, we're going to be fighting our weight up now. And uh, and just uh, just a lot of positives in tonight's game. A statement game from from many different people. The power play getting it done at the tail end there. I, a statement game from the fans in this building. You and I. How yeah. many times have we used used the word malaise? Talking about the feelings heading into this season. There was zero malaise in this building, especially once the soupy chants started roaring in the third period. I mean, we we've heard it like this. I mean, Gord, you've you've covered this team for a long, long time. Been a part of this team for a long time. This, this crowd loves goalies when they get going, but it's kind of amazing to me how quickly Jack Campbell's become that guy because he makes, and I'm not to, say, not to say it's undeserved, he makes one big save and the fans here are dying for their soupy chant. Like, it's amazing how quickly yeah. he's been embraced here. And, and an absolute sellout tonight. And I know there's been a little bit of softness early on in the season, and the reason that happened was they, they, it was, they were actually being nice. They allowed... Uh, people to defer their tickets one time only, and you did not lose your season ticket right. Right. So I don't know how many did it, but early on that got thrown into the mix, and that so all of a sudden quickly comes. Oh my goodness, they're not selling out anymore. Oh my goodness, and uh, this was a flat-out sellout. This was a jam crowd. This crowd, when they're down one nothing, was ch- was chanting "Go Leafs, go!" And I said it deservedly so because Leafs are playing really well and giving the effort. So this was a fun night to be at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, I still. 
Like I was getting up to go because I was, I got, you know, it was one of those games when I get into the game, that's a good game. And I was annoyed they hadn't shot the puck, right? The usual thing. Yep. And then Tavares tied it up with the goaltender pulled and this building was really jacked. And then three on three hockey is just wonderful to watch. And there were some, <laughs> there were some neat plays going on before that penalty. Again, it's Tavares that got taken down that created the four on three power play for them in overtime. Yeah, just, just an incredible, a few incredible plays. I mean, Matthews had a highlight reel move and he almost finished it off. And I, I think my soul might have left my body if, if he had managed to, to convert on that. Not not to take anything away from, from the Nylander goal. And Tavares, what a what a big game from him tonight. You know, you mentioned, we talked about it in the second intermission, shoot the puck. There was a play right before the Tavares goal where Marner had the puck right in the slot and he tried to find find a way to make a pass. I understand that's in his DNA. But when you're playing a team like Tampa, and I think this is, you know, hey, we, we talk about how everything this year has to be a lesson or preparation for game 83. If you're in game 83 or beyond, just shoot the puck in that instance there right in front. You saw Tavares did that. There was no hesitation there. Obviously, that's a little bit more of his game. But, yeah, it's just it's amazing how sometimes the simplest things that you've heard, you know, in your own youth hockey going down to when you're – I know I know they like to tell you to pass, but sometimes you got to shoot. And it's just amazing how, how often it's it's kind of come to that with this team. And, you know, to have Tavares draw the penalty, he, he gets the goal to tie it up. I mean, it, it, with, with Marner and Matthews and the way they were going to start the season – those guys are always going to kind of be at the focal point of conversations for this team. So I just think it was so great that Tavares is able to tie it up and then that, that Nylander rocket to win it was just special. And I mentioned last week just about the team. I thought the team showing some leadership, being accountable. I like the emotion. John Tavares is a good gauge of it because he's normally pretty pretty calm. And, and he, he went after the Tampa Bay player when there was that shot to Marner in the period. Yep. The emotion he scored, scoring that game-tying goal was great. And uh, the other part is I, I thought that I thought this was the best defensive game. You know, and this was against a good Tampa Bay team. You know, this is, uh, uh, why could they not play that way against an injury-rabbit Pittsburgh Penguin team, for example, when they look deplorable? Yeah, or Montreal six months ago, but who's counting? Well, yes, yes, okay, yeah. No, that's still always going to be there, but but it diminishes when you get this effort. Like, Austin Matthews, talk about his emotion. Like, he's pissed that he's not up there with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That's where he belongs, right? And he's playing, he's playing. Like, you know, that's where he was. He belongs. And in overtime, man, he had his stick cocked all the time. Oh, yeah. Just trying to wait, wait, wait. If you and if he got it, uh, he was just going to wire it. He ended up making a nice pass that helped lead lead the goal. So, so I just I just like kind of seeing that again. That uh, again, that word malaise. There just was this malaise feeling all summer, malaise feel vibe to start the season, and uh, I hope that's in the rearview mirror. Yeah, and obviously there's going to be more urgency once you get to overtime, and it's sudden death. I I understand that, but. You know, it's amazing the urgency that the Leafs had, snapping that puck around, moving, trying to find things, as opposed to the five-on-three they had in the first period where everything tried to be perfect. And again, it's just, it's another, I hate to use the word lessons because this team is ready to win. They're not ready to learn, but it's another lesson of just try not to make everything so perfect. Yeah, hey, we all love the cross-seam passes. They look great, but a lot of times it's just kind of creating that havoc around the net. A puck squirts out, and all of a sudden somebody's got an open net. Like 90% of the power play goals scored in this league come that way. Now, and, and then at the end, though, they do get both goals of by course. procuring <laughs> that perfect shot. But I, I agree with your sentiment. Uh, each of them, 
it was a power play in that, in the, as he mentioned, Jack Campbell pulled, so there's an extra attacker in regulation time, and then then was the OT. But uh, and again, you mentioned it, the the soupy Campbell chance. He made some phenomenal saves. He made some phenomenal saves. He also got helped by the D. Like when like when there was a little bit of helter skelter in in front of their net, smart moves were made. So even though the puck was loose, it wasn't like there was a tap in for Steven Stamkos or, or whoever's there. Even you know even out with even without Kucherov, there's so much talent on this Tampa Bay Lightning team. Oh yeah, Braden Braden Point had the uh, the 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 soft breakaway, half breakaway, whatever you want to call it, when the game was still one nothing, and I thought, mm, that's it right there. And lo and behold, another big, big, big save from Soupy Campbell. We want to hear from you guys tonight on the text line, 590-590. Please include your name and location. Of course, we're going to hear from some of the principals involved in the Leafs. 2-1 win over the Lightning. We'll do that when we continue. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Blue and white at night. We this is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, dissecting a 2-1 Leafs overtime win. William Nylander with an absolute rocket to seal the win in the extra frame. Again, 2-1 is the final. The Leafs thoroughly out shooting the Lightning, 34-25. I think some of that might have to do with having a 4-on-3 for pretty much the entirety of 3-on-3 overtime. Obviously, that'll help you out, but I mean, Gord, I I, I just, I leave tonight's game, and yeah, there was, there was the stretch in the third period where, hey, Jack Campbell's not making great saves if the Lightning aren't getting great chances that that obviously you'd like to tighten up but when you're facing a team like the Lightning yeah there's going to be stretches of the game that they control they're the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champs so I just I, I sit there once again and I give this Leafs team full marks for tonight this segment uh, I used to be call it and then was told not to call it the oh. walk to the subway okay and I like calling it the walk to the I subway think, because I think that's back like people are back taking trains well stuff. yeah just but just I can remember and more at Maple Leaf Gardens days as a, as a kid and you walked and you were but you know you, the buzz about the game oh, yeah. determined so the energy as people walked out and walked to the subway and that and and this will be one of those games that you'd be you, you'd be with no shortage of topics to talk about you'd be pumped you could see it in the way uh, even the salute at the end the way the fans were cheering uh, the whole deal you even see guys pumped and jacked in the press conference right now so it's uh these are the fun ones uh, the the best game of the season best finish of the season tampa bay lightning were full value they're they're not ravaged by injuries or anything that they really brought their game and uh, i thought they had it i thought that because tampa bay could the one nothing style or the six two style they could beat you either way and i thought they were going to get the latter and good on the toronto maple leafs the other good thing about the walk to the subway for for a game like this is you know we last time we were down here was the red wings they get a ton of fans you have those original six teams montreal even boston a lot of way fans i don't know how many people are are diehard tampa bay lightning fans this is a really really i mean it's always a pro leafs crowd of course but i just don't know that you got that smattering of the other teams fans in the building like you would i mean you you heard it you mentioned it the the pop for for the three stars when when it was campbell and nylander they gave vashleski the other one he, he was very good i can't take anything uh, away from him but it's just uh, for a for a for a fan base that i think a lot of people especially outsiders especially people inside the fan base think they're ready to turn on a moment's notice they're ready to turn both ways like this is this is a fan base that can get very ornery very angry but when you give them just a little something to love they they are immediately pulled back in and i think i think tonight is kind of a perfect example of that this home stance kind of been that well and you still people aren't traveling as fluidly like 
getting trips. So you're not seeing that. It, before COVID, think about it. The Toronto Maple Leafs had developed a phenomenal re, uh, reputation because fans were traveling everywhere. It wasn't yep. just Montreal and Buffalo anymore. You know, you planned, you went to Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas. There always was a decent number. And that's why I, even though it, it early this year, you still saw them. Like in Pittsburgh, I felt terrible. Who yeah. made They made the effort there in COVID world, and they got a game like this, and you sit there in your Leaf sweaters, and you just get jeered by the uh, by the hometown Penguin fans. And, uh, and even, you know, Brett, in the corner there, there's nobody. Normally, you'd see friends and relatives. In COVID world, <laughs> that's, that's right. a casualty because uh, uh, Sam and I, we kind of would look at certain, and we figure, who are the Ontario kids? Because some, there'd just be like a, a, a whack of yep. people there. Others, not so many. Of course, Stamco's family, and there's a, there's a few here uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, they've lost a few with Barkley Goodrow on that. But uh, I think there's an appreciation about Tampa Bay. That's why th- 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 this was uh, a, a harder ticket tonight. And you're right. It's not like people grew up dreaming of being a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, but there's an appreciation there's the, and there's a the star power. And, you know, young younger fans really seem to seem to click onto that. Yeah, whatever whatever it is you kind of want in the game, uh, Tampa can give it to you in terms of what do you like? Oh, you like the last guy to score 60? Hey, there's Steven Stamkos. You like a guy who likes to mouth off? Oh, look at Kucherov. You like a good goalie, Vasilevsky, Hedman. I mean, the, the Hedman thing is something I kind of come back to to tonight is you know if again if we're sitting here doing the lightning post game show we talk about how unorthodox a rough finish that was for Hedman he's the guy who takes the penalty yeah. on Tavares he gets burned on the game time goal there that is just so uncharacteristic of what you see from a guy like that and again hey take advantage of it when good players have their off nights but I mean I, I was sitting here ranting and raving about him after the first two periods and, and not that he's still not a tremendous player but a really rough finish for him. I wonder if one beget the other that his frustration uh, may made the slash yeah. on Tavares because he was angry. You know, again, and you you know you talk. He's a number two overall pick uh, a number of years ago by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, that's thing about your 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 big guys having the one stud D. The Leafs haven't done that big picture. Maybe Morgan Riley can be. I mean, he he is that guy, but he's not the same level as Victor Hedman. And you're right, Victor Hedman's not. You're not going to see a last minute of play in an overtime from Victor Hedman very often. Matter of fact, when Columbus swept them in four, uh, Tampa Bay. You remember Hedman kind of got knocked goofy in the first yep. game and wasn't himself. That's right. And that really helped turn the series. I mean, that made a difference in that particular series. The fact that I can't even remember if he missed some games or just he wasn't himself. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he was playing in all of them, but he definitely wasn't the the guy we think of. I mean. He's not going to have a week where he has two blunders like that that, that you know, kind of cost his team the game. The fact that two of them come in the same night, uh, definitely happy to take advantage of it. We got producer Sam McKee here. I don't know if he has anything to say, if he wants sure. to. Uh, what do you, what do you, you know, you're always, uh, well, what's the way I'd like to word this? You're always, like, kind of tugging the leash on me with the leash. Here. You're like, hold on, hold on. Don't get too ahead of yourself with Michael Bunting. Hold on. Don't <laughs> get too ahead of yourself with whatever. Well, what did you take away from tonight? Here's what I'll say. And Gordo and you have been talking about this a lot over the first handful of games that the Toronto Maple Leafs have played. With the with the playoff exit last year and the way that fans have been watching this team early in the season and the sort of resentment towards the team. An effort like tonight, the way they played against one of the best teams in the league, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, this is the kind of performance that earns those fans who are on the fence back. You alluded to it, Gunner. But I really feel, and I, hey, I'm one of those guys. I'm a guy that that really scorned me. That really cut me deep. And the fact that they came out here tonight, they were down all night. They never really quit. They made a good effort through the last two periods, I thought. The fact they stuck with it, tied it late, and got a great uh, power play goal in overtime. This is the type of game that can make fans kind of, you know, change their mind a little bit, start to come back a little bit. 
I don't know if you guys agree, but I just I, I kind of had that feeling about the fans tonight too. Okay, I, I, the the word resentment I disagree with. Uh, I think the word malaise. Malaise. I, okay. Yeah, and I and and there's a difference. I, I, I different because I mean there's still there's still loyalty and there there and uh, and I've used it and I'm going to use it again. It's my it's it's about the denting the car. Mm, and yes, I just I felt yeah. that I, I just came to me last week and I know I mentioned this show, but if people haven't heard it, I just feel. Perception is reality, and here's the perception of Leaf fans. It doesn't mean it's reality, but the perception is like uh, you guys. You have a young one-year-old, uh, Gunner, and uh, okay, I got kids older. It's like your teenage kid calls you for the third time, and they dented the car, and you say, "Oh, just don't worry about it. Leave it. I'll pick it up. You can drive mom in my car. We'll Uber, whatever. I'll put it through insurance. We'll get it fixed. Don't you worry. Your pre- third time you've done it, right? And we give you and we give you the car, and that's what you do, right? And you pick it up. What? And that and that's to me the last two playoffs. What? Leaf fans felt like like the Leafs have just dented the car and all of a sudden instead oh you don't take it to the body shop we'll handle it whatever you just go home don't even talk about the season whatever and if somebody talks about it you just ignore it and move ahead and whatever and act like it's no big deal and use the word process a lot people love learning that. experience They're, use the word process okay and and to me I thought that's what nailed it. People have said, wait a sec. And it's not like when the kid dents the car, you wake him up every morning at 6 and yell at him, you idiot, you dented the car, whatever. But on the other side, but there, the third, there might there might be some listeners yeah. out there who have taken that parenting tactic yes. for what it's worth. <laughs> but, but by the third time he's dented the car or she's dented the car, it's like, okay, you got no car, and you're also paying for this, yeah. and here's what goes on. So anyway, what? I thought that was the analogy. I think that's great. And I thought, on. I thought for the third straight game here, and this is a bigger test, I thought Sandine and Lilligren both really played well and I think that's a huge point for the for the Leafs I you know Sandine offensively is incredibly confident you know he made that maybe too confident at times yeah but I think you're gonna take that he made that little quick toey in the new in the in the offensive zone there snapper on net got pretty close to scoring and Lilligren like you guys been talking about he just looks comfortable confident so if those two can keep it going uh Mazin will kind of figure it out here soon, I hope. But those two have really looked good, and I thought they looked great against tonight against a, a better competition than they had in the first two in the last two games. I yeah, will, yeah. I, go, sorry, the D. I will, yeah. just all look good. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I think the thing for me with Muzzin, and you know, we keep hearing it, we keep talking about it. There's some belief that maybe he's banged up, and I'm not going to say that's not true or anything like that. But you know, banged up doesn't necessarily impact the reads you're making, and that's the kind of thing that's jumped out to me about his game. It's not just a foot speed thing. Foot speed's foot speed's going to go for every. Everybody, and we'll hear my thoughts about foot speed later. But right now, we'll hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. We were just a little shy in the first period. We, you know, we, we didn't assert ourselves at all in any way in the game. And uh, thought we made some adjustments going into the second period. And I liked a lot of things about our second period, but we didn't get rewarded with a goal. So, you know, you're, you're still trailing. You go into a game, and we fully expected Tampa to really lock it down in the third period. We've seen that a ton from them, you know, through their successes in the playoffs. And they did exactly that. Uh, so we didn't have a whole lot happening in that third period other than uh, good goaltending to, to keep it at one, and that gave us a chance. You know, the guys uh, stuck with it to the end, and, and uh, you know, ultimately our, our best guys threw six on five and, and – power play get a chance to to win it and you know redeem themselves of sorts from that five on three early what do you think of Sergeyev's hit on Warner? you know I, I i watched a couple times quickly on the bench i think anytime you're coming from that blind side that's a tough that's a tough one uh, i thought the rest made 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 a call on it i'm sure the league is going to look at it but that's really all i have for you on that what was the message to that group before the power play in overtime and what did you see and how they responded well, the, the message, the main message 
from me, other than some tactical things from, from Spencer, you know, for me, it was just, you know, I thought we were really slow with it in the first, in the first period. And I thought that was frankly reflective of how our entire first period went. We were just, we were just slow in, in everything that we did and the power play, we've talked about this, how they're connected, five on five play, power play, like everything is, is connected. And, um, you know, the, the message just simply in, in that spot was, uh, you know, to not, uh, uh, you know, not pass our way through looking to, for the perfect shot, um, and we, but we need to shoot and attack the net and be assertive on it. Um, you know, as it turned out, we, we ended up finding the perfect shot and, and uh, finished it there for us. But, you know, these are the kind of things that uh, we've got to recognize those key moments, especially in that first period. You know, you'd, you'd like to see us, after a, a tough period, you'd like to see us take advantage of an opportunity and pounce on that. You know, that's an area that we need to improve upon. But as I said, it, it was, frankly, really reflective of the way we played in the first period. We just weren't as sharp or as quick as we were our, our game before against Vegas, and you know, that was disappointing for me, but I really liked how we found ourselves in the second. And uh, the third period, I, you know, both teams are playing hard. They're defending really hard. And combination of some good fortune and saves by, by Jack in the third period, uh, but also the, I think because of how we played in the second period, we were still hanging around in that game despite not scoring. And you know, That's why you, you give yourself a chance to get you know, one point and then ultimately the second one. Speaking of that, your uh, third and fourth lines created some opportunities when your first line was struggling a bit. Uh, it was good to see, especially, as you say, against a team that likes to lock it down. Yeah, I thought, especially that second period, those guys were, were going. You know, I didn't, I didn't think we were getting a whole lot out of our top two groups today, which is why we mixed it up a little bit. Just tried to get something moving there. But, uh, but yeah, those guys had some opportunities. Summer obviously was good in behind and, you know, got a good look there a couple times. You know, I thought Nick Ritchie had some really good shifts for us and got in behind their defense and made some plays. Uh, so, yeah, there were some good things happening there for sure. But, uh, um, you know, like I said, I, I thought we, we found our way into this game and worked our way through and, and gave ourselves a chance to get points and, and uh, you know, feel good about getting them, obviously. But we'll enjoy a day off here now and know that we got to be a whole lot better with Boston coming in here. Speaking of that, I don't think you've coached against them yet. Uh, talk a bit about uh, the challenge they face. Yeah, I mean, I've watched them a ton. Obviously, I've seen the Leafs play against them a ton. Uh, there's lots of history there. You know, but it's another team that plays extremely hard, plays extreme, extremely tight, uh, great special teams. Uh, you know, their top players are very good in all regards of the game, all areas much like what you see tonight here with the top players at Tampa Bay. Those guys just play hard, and you make mistakes, they make you pay. I think it's pretty similar in that sense, but, you know, Boston's been, been doing it that way for a long time. What ways have you seen John kind of find his game over the last few years here? Uh, you know, I, well, I didn't, think, I didn't think he or his line were, you know, had much happening here tonight, but I think just the confidence of him, you know, when he gets a chance that he's confident enough that it's going to go in for him. Obviously, he wasn't going in early, but... That's a that's a big time shot that he scored there tonight. You know, that's not an easy, not easy shot to get that into the into the top of the net on the far side with a pass coming from that angle. Um, you know, but that's that's what he's capable of doing, and uh, you know, those he's been getting rewarded because you know, he has worked. I thought he worked he worked hard and competed hard tonight, but there just wasn't a lot of offense available. 
and uh, it's nice to see him get that. You know, as his, as his confidence continues to grow, it's it's going to really help us offensively. You mentioned I think there's there's a lot of positives that come out of this. The fact that we were able to pull two points out of it. The fact that we found ourselves to really push back in that second period, despite you know, to me, our first period was, you know, I, I thought we had some really good chances in that first period. We got around the net and we had some really good looks where we could have scored on it, but. In terms of how the the game flowed from shift to shift, I, I thought we just had nothing happening, and uh, I thought uh, from that perspective it was as poor a period as we played in in the season. Um, so the the fact that we had to regroup ourselves and and, and find another gear in our game, I uh, like the fact that we did that, and the fact that that third period I mean, that's a tough that's a miserable third period. It's like they're locking it down, they're defending hard. Uh, I think there's a lot of things we can take away f- from what we saw from you know from the back-to-back champions tonight, in that sense. But also just like that, our guys remained committed to it right to the very end and found a way to make sure we get you know one point and then we get to that overtime. You know, anything can happen, and luckily it worked in our favor tonight. You mentioned tactical issues potentially in the five-on-three, and it seemed like instincts took over on the six-on-five when Hedman uh, gave it up, gave it up late in the game, obviously. Is there like an instinctual thing potentially missing? Uh, there's a lot. I mean, a lot of it is instincts. And that's what I'm saying. The five-on-five play and how you're playing and how engaged you are in the game, the, the puck comes off the stick differently. You snap it quicker. You're assertive. You're confident. And we didn't have that in the first period at all. It was as much as I, I wish it went differently. I wasn't surprised on how it went when we like because that was just how our period went. You know, it was just – slow and uh, we didn't take charge and we weren't assertive and that's exactly what happened on that five on three um it was disappointing because you know we worked on special teams yesterday and for that group they didn't do any five on four they only did five on three uh so to have that be the the, the response tonight in the key moment we didn't like that but again it was just reflected of the that first period we just weren't we just weren't connected we weren't dialed in so the instincts that you're talking about those those aren't there because you're just not feeling it at that time. Um, so there's the tactical pieces, but the, the instincts and the skill need to come alive in those moments, you know, and, and without that, you can have, have any tactics you want and you're not going to be very successful. Campbell's in a situation where he's dueling Vasilevsky at the other end, who's having a great night, and he had some great moments, obviously, in the third point. He's been good this season. What stands out to you about a night like this? Well, what stands out is just you know, he didn't get a lot of work in that second period, especially in the back half of it, um, and not a whole lot happening in the third period until all of a sudden you know, we're really trying to push and try to find our way through a very tight neutral zone, and they're defending hard, and then they counter, and then all of a sudden here come some of the best players in the world in alone on you, and the game essentially on the line. And, and that just speaks to Jack in terms of his mindset of standing in there and keeping our team alive in that moment. And I think that's just a tremendous sign. We, we don't want to put him in that position, um, obviously, but it's, it's great for, for him and his confidence. And, you know, it just further instills the, you know, the belief that we have in him, uh, in him in terms of his ability to, to have our back and give us a chance. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. 
There is Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe following the overtime win at home over the Lightning. You know, the the biggest thing that jumped out to me listening to Keefe there, and and this is not a knock. I think this is a very good thing for a coach to be able to kind of shift gears like this. If you listen to the press conference that we just heard and you listen to the one after the Carolina game, it sounds like it's two completely different people. You're sitting there finding all the positives in a loss and, hey, that's a real good team. You're going to find a way to learn from it. And then tonight, after a 2-1 win, you're talking, you hear him talking about, well, I just didn't like our first period. I didn't really like the way it happened. And I think that it's great that Keefe is, again, for a young NHL coach, that he has kind of found his rhythm and found the way to kind of go back and forth between really riding his team and, and maybe easy up on the reins a little bit well yeah and it's uh it's the, the thing about when you're when you're going high you got to bring them down a little yep. bit and then when you're struggling although once or twice he was pretty pointed <laughs> uh actually when you're not getting the effort i think is is when he he makes the pointed comments and and that uh, i enjoyed it you know he had a long go tonight it's that kind of game you want to talk a lot about it you know and also mitch marner is a guy that needs to be jacked and enthused and have his boyish enthusiasm and he saw that at the end of the game. He was all pumped. He was kind of recreating stuff with Nylander. And, and he also had a um, Austin Matthews moment that he got ticked about an offside play. Yep. And, and, and he was mouthing about, about too slow. Same thing. Like he was the one that went offside, and he would kind of point being. It was not like he's trying to throw blame, but point about, like, it's too slow. we got to hit the, hit the blue line like that. That's what we're not doing. And I just, I like that. I like that accountability I've seen from that the younger leadership group the last week or so. Yeah, we're 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 all like that. I mean, like we every person has a version of themselves that may, means they're going at their best. You know, for me, maybe I'm a little surly when I'm really going at my best. And for Mitch Marner, it is 1,000% the enthusiasm, the life, the all of that, that that makes him at his best. You know what helps Luke, Leafs Nation be at our best is Luke Fox, Absolutely. who we hear from right now. I just heard him in that just heard him in that postgame presser. Luke Fox uh, joins us right now. Uh, Brent Cutting, Gord Stelic. Luke, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, not as good as Jack Campbell, though. That guy's on fire. <laughs> Man, he, he's incredible. There's so many positives to kind of pull out of that game. Uh, why not start with that guy? Uh, there have been a lot of goalies that have been loved in this city. I don't know that any have been loved this quickly and, and as deservedly as Campbell has been. Yeah, I mean, he's he's adored by the, the fans. The, the soup chance uh, kicked up again tonight. Uh, and, and by his teammates. I mean, they, they speak so glowingly of this guy. And what's really interesting to me is this was a year where the Leafs were supposed to run with a tandem, right? 1A, 1B. In comes Peter Mrazek. He gets more term than Campbell, more money than Campbell. And we have a bona fide number one, at least for now, right? Like Mrazek's played five periods. And Campbell has asserted himself. I mean, this, was, this wasn't the depleted golden knights or the rebuilding red wings or the um you know pretty crummy blackhawks this this was a legit team the two-time champs he's going toe-to-toe with andre vasilevsky stamp coast in point with grade a chances with the game on the line and he comes up huge uh you know when he gives the guys a chance to find their way because they were awful in the first period but they find a way, they tie it late, and then they get the win. And that doesn't happen with Campbell not giving the performance that he did tonight. 
Well, no question about that. I mean, the, the game is out of hand if he doesn't uh, make those big saves. But I thought even with his saves, it reminded me of Game 7, Islanders and Tampa, right? That efficient one nothing win. And it seemed like Tampa Bay had last year in Game 7 of the playoffs. And good on the Leafs about Tavares and then in overtime finding a way to win it. I just thought this is what's this is what's wonderful. You sit back later and you just and you can hear it in Sheldon Keith's press conference. These are kind of those fun games and what Leaf fans have been waiting for. Just one of those... I would say statement win, but the kind of effort, the kind of thing, to your point, taking on the Stanley Cup champions, and unlike Carolina, saying, no, no, we're back in the Atlantic division, and we're, we intend to battle them for first place. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much much space, right? There wasn't much room. There wasn't a lot of grade-A chances until the third kind of loosened up a little bit. Um, but you only get so many windows. And for me, it was the five-on-three after that, that nasty hit that Sergachev laid on Marner. So they get two full minutes, five on three, and they were awful, right? Like that was their chance to get into the game. So you don't have many more chances. So the next one doesn't come until you pull the goalie and you go six on five and you throw all the guys you've invested in, all the big name guys. Tavares bears down and makes a world-class shot. They tie the game. And then Tavares is the same guy that draws the penalty in three-on-three that allows Nylander to score the winner. So, I mean, that's why you invest in those game-breakers because they have to come up in big moments. And really, the Leafs haven't been in many of these games that are this tight, playing a team this good. Um, So to come out on the right side of it, even though it would be hard to argue that they they delivered a full 60-minute effort, they found a way. Um, And that's what they're going to have to do in, in the Atlantic Division this year. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, we would all love a 60-minute dominant win where you're you're not even needing overtime. But I think when you have a team like Tampa that has the pedigree that they do, back-to-back cup champs, we can sit here and, and list all their accolades. There are going to be stretches of the game where no matter kind of what you do, they're going to find a way to take it to you. So I think learning and find uh, – I hate I, even I'm guilty of it. Now I'm talking about the lessons. But finding a way to, to win these tight games against that team will, will bode well for them. You know, obviously the goalie, the big four, so much of the top tonight but if I if I had to kind of eliminate the big four in Campbell who who else stood out to you tonight who um you know I I thought uh Timothy Lilligren comported himself pretty well um you know uh you know nothing flashy by any means but I think he's a a nice you know side story that's developing here kind of interesting that Justin Hall was healthy scratched for a third straight game it's becoming a bit of a a bit of a story, but Lilligren, you know, he, he's been in and out of the lineup so frequently and never been given much of a run. So now he gets a three-game run. Um, he seems to have a little bit of chemistry with Rasmus Sandin, who's one of his closest buddies on the team, and they played on the Marlies together. They're used to being a pair. They communicate well. Um, you know, they, I mean, they, they literally talk in their own language, the, the Swedes on this team. Um, it is Swedish, it, though, right? Like, it's it, not yes, some it, other language. Okay, just clarifying. It is Swedish. Um, but, you know, I, I just think it's a, a nice positive step because you, when you step back and look at the organization as a whole, uh, you need guys like him to come up just because they're they're cap-friendly guys. And, and this team has had so few draft and develop and you know, see a guy become a permanent part of the roster stories. You know, a lot of their guys have been um, acquired via free agency or trade. So it's a nice story that if they can actually develop this guy into a permanent player, that'd be, that'd be a good, uh, a good thing. 
Now, I like to be a glass half full guy, but being a, a, gla- a glass half empty observation, though, I, I have to say one positive was the second half of that Chicago Blackhawk game, I think from then on, we've gotten out of the possible worst case scenario because it only happened two years ago. You know, the unexpected, they were na- not able to right the ship under Mike Babcock. And, uh, it, and you know, who knows how it might have continued. And you I'm not advocating changes like in the first 15 or 20 games, but it seems this at least has got them out of a doomsday worst-case scenario that, you know, really uh, was was not totally out of the realm. No, I, I agree with you, Gord. I was on that road trip, and the mood around this team has flipped 180 degrees. It was tight. Those guys were tense, um, both in, in their play and in their personality off the ice in their in their press conferences uh you know i know it was early but there was a real sense that maybe something was gonna be shaken up like it it was it was a really bad start but i mean that's a crazy thing about this sport right you get you get some weak opponents you feast on them you get a little bit of confidence and now you you scrape out a win against the champs and you got a four-game win streak um it can turn that fast in hockey and, and, hey, it could turn again. Boston Bruins in town yeah. on Saturday night because that's never gone bad before. No, we're going to be positive tonight. Luke, thanks so much for the time, bud. Really appreciate it. All right. Have a great night, guys. There he goes. Follow him on Twitter at Luke Fox Jukebox, one of our favorites there. Always love hearing from him. Of course, you can check out his postgame piece. I'm sure it'll be up, you know, eventually uh, on sportsnet.ca. Uh, that's Gord Stellick alongside me. Brent Gunning here continuing to walk you through a thrilling Leafs victory at home over the Lightning in overtime. Leafs Nation postgame continues next on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Breaking down. What's up? What's up? This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Nation postgame. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. We we were just joined by Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. And, and Gord, you asked him about it, and it's so true. You know, we think back to the, the game in Chicago just over a week ago. I don't know that you can do a bigger, I was about to say 360, but that would just have you back where you started. I don't know that you can do a bigger 180 in a week's time for a team that didn't involve any of those changes you were hinting at. There was no coaching change. There was no big trade. I I suppose Morgan Riley got paid, and that's nice for everybody, but it's amazing how much everything was able to kind of completely flip. Yeah, you know, and I'm just trying to look at comparables. I can't remember one off the top of my head that, you know, uh, two years ago Sheldon Keefe came on board and the change happened, but the change had been a coach, head coach and change. So in this case to, um, yeah, here we are 10 days later. And, you know, what Luke's talking about is what we saw and why people were frustrated with the Maple Leafs about whether you want to call it the tenseness or just out of sorts, uh, that way off the ice and certainly that way on the ice. So, I know, it's like a lot of us, day-to-day life, you get confidence and you get your mojo back, you know, whether it's personally or professionally, uh, it makes a world of difference. It really it really does. Uh, somebody who definitely has his mojo going, somebody who definitely has a lot of nice things to say about everybody, I'm sure, Leafs goaltender Jack Campbell. Here he is from earlier tonight. So what did you think of, of that game, that big comeback there? It's a hard-fought game by both teams. Um, you know, Vasilevsky's amazing and played great tonight. And Yeah, I mean, we, it took every all the time on the clock to get one and um, fortunate the power play came through it huge and um, just feels great right now. When you look down the other end of the ice Jack, can you see Andre making saves that you did on Wayne there in the second period did you sort of get in your mind that man I better not let him in another one I mean, just be tough? Oh yeah yeah he uh, 
he makes it tough and it's fun you know he uh sets the bar and it was just fun to battle and um you know i believed in the boys and they came through and it was awesome two of the harder uh, players to face so uh, sam coast and point came in on you close there does that go through your mind at all or are they just a, a white blur coming at you and, and not a number yeah i mean you gotta know they're coming they're they're they've proved it how good they are and um you know, just try to take the shot away, and um, you know, fortunate they uh, kept him out. They got some great help from Dermot too on that rebound. So, shout out to Dermy, big block. That was a pretty strenuous game, physically and mentally. Uh, how do you how do you assess how you're feeling after this one? Winning feels great, so you know we'll take any bumps and bruises uh, to get a win like that. You just dropped four in a row, and I won four in a row. Like, what's the I feel like it's a game of confidence and just, um, you know, that, that belief, you know, not that we didn't have it before, but it's a tough league to win. And um, sometimes, you know, you, you drop a couple and it's not okay, but you got to learn from it quickly. And um, we've done that and now we're just trying to keep it going. How big to win the first two measuring stick games? This one in Boston were considered to be, you know, you guys knew this would be tough. Um, yeah, I mean, two great teams, and they've proved it, you know, for so long now. And, um, you know, it feels great to get this one tonight, but, you know, blink your eyes and um, pucks drop in Saturday night against Boston, so we got to be ready to go. What's it mean to the group when the – sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Thank you. Uh, what's it mean to the group when, you know, Williams scores against them, John's heating up, Austin got a couple last game. What's that mean for the group when those guys get rolling? It means so much. I mean, they – you know, they're huge players for us, and everybody knows it. Um, you know, it, it's great to see. You know, they work so hard, a lot of pressure on those guys, and, um, you know, those big dogs are coming to play. It's great to see, and we're going to need it. There is Jack Campbell following the Leafs 2-1 win, man. Uh, get somebody like Jack Campbell to review anything you got going on in your life. Uh, there's a lot to be positive about, but, man, he's more positive than most. Uh, truly incredible. Uh, one, one, the, the one question I have, and Luke kind of Luke touched on it there with the idea that, yeah, this is supposed to be a tandem. Is it if Jack Campbell's going to play this way? The, their next back-to-back -back is, is the 12th and 13th, so that's next Friday, Saturday, or, or Thursday, Friday. It's going to be at least a week until there is a back-to-back. -back. Do we see Peter Morazic before then? Well, I, I, he's, he's going to get in more games. I mean, I think it will be there will be an element of a 1A, 1B, but you've got to go with the hot goaltender. And right now, you had to get out of this funk. You had to get out of the slump. And uh, Jack Campbell is the guy we're seeing on social media uh, about he's a UFA at $1.8 mm. So uh, Morgan Riley got locked up. How about dealing with Jack Campbell's situation. It's going to be like the Vegas Golden Knights will have to deal with Jack Eichel's contract eventually down the road, but uh, that's kind of like the lease. Morgan Riley's one you put over on the side, but you're going to have to deal with it. And Jack Campbell has uh, has certainly earned, it's one of the biggest bargains at $1.8 what he's doing with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's done it two years in a row. Yeah, that is going to be uh, that's going to be an incredibly loud question, and it's only going to get louder and louder as the season goes on. You know, goaltenders they don't quite get the big tickets they they did even going as far back to when Bobrovsky got his deal. But I mean, the way he's playing for you right now, and and I do think it matters that that he can do it in a market like Toronto. You know, no knock on Florida, but I guess I'm about to knock him. It's a little different doing it down in Tampa, down in in Sunrise, that than it is being that guy here here in Toronto. So I think that that has to factor into the the equation as well the fact that you've already locked Mrazek up beyond this year it, that that's going to be a really uh, I, I won't say fun conversation to have but but interesting one to watch this season well it, it is and again I 
like he's going to get the contract anyway somewhere. I hope it's here. I believe it will be here. But also, again, it'll come down to the playoffs again mm -hmm. because you have Freddie Anderson. I've mentioned many times I loved his body of work. I loved it in the regular season. He did not play in the playoffs last year. Jack Campbell got out goaltended by a great goaltender, Carey Price, just like uh, Freddie Anderson got out goaltended the previous year. So ultimately, that'll but to get him up with Curtis Joseph and Ed Belfour, uh, memories that way. But all you can do is go out and play like he's doing right now in the regular season. That's right. All, uh, all you can do is do that. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have time to hear from the Leafs captain tonight. Uh, let me give you a sneak preview. Great, great effort. Not the full 60 minutes we would have liked. Thrilled to get on the score sheet for my team. Didn't didn't like the hit. Producer Sam McKee uh, acknowledging that he would also have a problem with the with the hit there. I mean, we we won't hear from Tavares, but but I'll give him his flowers here. You know, this is a guy who I think because of the age he was at when he signed the deal, there were some people questioning how much left in the tank. What exactly are you getting? And and it feels to me, I've said this about William Nylander, I'll say it about John Tavares. Feels to me like when this team needs a goal, when it really needs a big moment, he finds a way to step up, just like he did tying it tonight before overtime. Well, particularly a couple of years ago when he got what forty-seven goals played with That's Mitch right. Marner, and uh, yeah, this was this was more that kind of John Tavares today, and that was a big goal. This is absolutely to your point, Brent was was a big goal by John Tavares, big game, and even though he he was the old John Tavares again doing the Q and A after, a little bit of fire, a little bit of intensity uh, on the ice, uh, which is can be out of character for him, but was great tonight. Well, and I think that I think that matters. Like I I know the power play directly after that did not go the way anybody involved wanted. But I think the fact that this was a team who got kind of, I don't know, I guess they dragged themselves into the fight there. We've talked about it. When this team's engaged, when they're doing that kind of thing, it just proves that they're a much, much more effective team. Leafs back at it on Saturday against Boston. Me and you, Gord, will have a post-game show after that. Can't wait. Thanks so much to everybody out there listening. This has been Leafs Nation post-game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network.